You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hey again. We're in a wonderful series right now, Mark, where we're talking about the Father's heart. And some really fantastic testimonies have also been part of the series. What are we getting into today? Well, you know, it's interesting how you start thinking about the Father's heart, and you cannot include a series about that unless you include the story of the prodigal son. Absolutely. Prodigal son and his brother, which we won't have time to get into today. That's another lesson. It really is. But man, you can't talk about the Father's heart without knowing this. Man, this so illustrates God's heart towards his children. Yes. And you have to go there. So we're going to, Angie, we're going to go in Luke chapter 15 today. I'm going to start off, and most of you know the background to this, but just verse 11 and 12. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Skipping down in verse 17, but when he came to himself, this is the younger son, Because he went away, he spent all the money, and he found himself in the bottom of the pit, so to speak, right? Verse 17 picks up, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants." And I'm going to pause right there, Angie, because I would venture to say that there's a lot of Christians that have felt like this. No matter if they're out there for this type of circumstance or out there in many other ways, but when we feel rejected, depleted, and here's the word, unworthy. A lot of us feel unworthy. And it can be in really small little pieces. But really, this is the perfect story to show that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't yes. matter where you've been. It doesn't matter. Keep going. I love the story. I don't want to give it away because, you know, <laughs> just in case they don't know the story. Right. right. And he says, make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Does that sound like someone who is unworthy in the eyes of a father? No, the father was just glad to have him back. Yes, he was. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your sons. He actually mouthed the words that he thought about beforehand. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And here's the kicker. Verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. They began to celebrate The son had returned home to his father. And what did the son actually have to do 
to earn the father's love back. He thought he was going to have to humble himself and to beg for a position even as a servant. But in the end, he didn't have to do anything except come home. Because he wasted, the scripture says there earlier, he wasted what the father had given him. And once again, how many of us have wasted things, gifts that the father has given us? And the enemy comes immediately to accuse us and to point his finger in our faces and say, oh, you blew it with the father. Right, right. But the true picture of the father's heart is right here. He didn't say, well, hmm, I wonder what my son's doing. I wonder he was thinking, like, what in the world was he doing? No, he immediately had compassion, and he ran to him, and he kissed him. That is the heart of a father. I think even in my own case, if I I try to personalize what I read, and I think that if one of my children was gone from me, and I just didn't know what had happened, but someday I see them coming back, there's no way I would act any differently. Right. I would be, I wouldn't care. You know, it, you see it all the time. When you, when you lose your child at the grocery store, when you finally find them, you're like, I'm so glad that you're right. okay. I was just so worried, right? And, and this father, that's all he cared about was seeing his son. He thought he was dead. Right. He hadn't seen him in so long, and now he's alive, and it's just all to rejoice in. And honestly, it's hard, I think, for a lot of us to take that and realize that really is us to the Father. Right. That he really does not care where we came from. Right. He just welcomes us home and kisses us and says, you're my child and you're alive again. All he asked is for him to return, period. Right. No strings attached. All I'm asking you to do is just return to me. Oh, you have a need. Oh, you're downtrodden. Oh, this has happened to you. Oh, you wasted. No, he didn't talk about all of the or any of the bad things. He just said, return to me. That's the heart of a father. Yeah. And then it was a celebration. Amen. Because he was alive. And I think about how God would celebrate when someone makes the decision to walk back to him. Amen. Because we know the way that it's set up is that we all start far away. Right. And we walk towards him or we turn away. He's still standing there. He's still waiting. That father had to have waited a long time. And you know, in the Jewish culture, if the father had given him everything that was due him, that was when he was dead. Right. You know, normally he would have given that as part of his will. So this was his entire inheritance. And he squandered it all. Right. And basically, basically was just saying, you're dead to me, to his father. Yeah. So, I mean, this was bad. Right. So a lot of people, I hear them say, there is, the church building will fall down if I walk into it. Or there's no way he could forgive me for the things that I've done. Yep. And that's just not true. Right. He will forgive everything and anything. Every time. Every single Every time. Every single time. That's the other part is how many times do we say, we're going to do it right. That's right. <laughs> and then yeah, we, and we do, right? <laughs> no he, strings attached. But he really does say it's okay. You know, it reminds me of 1 John 1, 9, hmm. when he says, all you have to do is just ask for forgiveness and it's given to you. Amen. But sometimes we get so 
guilty. And we we keep hearing all that condemnation that's in our head. And that's the enemy. Right. But knowing if you just say the words, okay, Lord, I don't know what the deal is, but it says right here in this scripture right. that you will give us forgiveness if we ask for it. And there's no buts in no, here at all. <laughs> there's no but buts. But this, but that, but that. And, and, and the father's like, no buts come home yeah. like he was embraced and 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 so immediately what the son said to his father is make me like one of your servants yes and so what did the father do he called the other servants not to say son yeah you're right be like them for a while no 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 he called the other servants to help them prepare they put a robe on him. They put a ring on his finger. That's reestablishing him Amen. as a son. Amen. That's big. That is very big. But God does the same thing to us. He, he reestablishes does. us as his heir yeah. as soon as we come back to him. Yeah. And he literally, per se, came crawling back on his knees, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think about all the way back to Adam and Eve. So as soon as they sinned, they ran and hid. And so it's kind of a similar thing. And then God came looking like, hey, Where'd you go? And they're like, uh, we were naked and ashamed, right? And here's what happens when we have sinned against our father and we want to just come crawling back and hope that he'll let us eat with the pigs is really mm -hmm. what he said to his father. His, his father's like, are you kidding me? You're my son. Right. And you know what? Even with your example of the Garden of Eden, when he kicked him out of the Garden of Eden, do you know he still walked with them? Yeah. That's why he spoke to Cain and right. said, where's your brother? Exactly. He was still living among them and talking with them. It just right. wasn't that created relationship like before, right? So God never leaves us. He never is gone. It's a beautiful story of redemption. This story is all about redemption. It's all about redemption because Jesus Christ is the redemption. Oh my, yes. Of the father. And so let's take it from the prodigal son to Jesus. Yes. And let's do a parallel really quickly about how that looks. So go ahead and do that. Okay. So basically there was a righteous requirement to be in the presence of a holy God. And yet God said, I love them so much. They can't get there. Right. And so Jesus said, I'm leaving heaven and I'm going to go get them, Father, and I'm going to restore them to us. He is the sacrifice. He is the redemption story, but he is also the sacrificial lamb. John the Baptist identified him, the lamb of God yes. that takes away the sin of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. There is no remission of sin. And so Jesus said, I will go as the son, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that they may become sons and daughters and be reconciled to God. That is the heart of the father. Yeah, that is the heart of the father. Redemption is the name of the game, which leads us right in to our testimony today. As I say very often, very, very often, I'm really excited about this because I truly am. Because with us on the line today, on the phone, is Mike Fisher, who co-pastored with me in Greenville, Ohio. Mike, thanks so much for jumping on the program with us today. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to be on. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, and so what's so cool about this is as we get into all of these series that we've done, and I, I just, you guys have heard me say this, I pray and I'm like, Lord, who would be 
a great person to speak into this topic. And and I contacted Mike a couple weeks ago, and um, we started talking back and forth about this stuff. And then I'm reminded today as I'm driving in, I'm like, hey, you know what? Mike talked about the Father a lot when we pastor together, and uh, he's a got a lot to say about it. So I'm going to just get out of the way. I'm going to bail out and just really ask you, Mike, just, Mike, what does it mean to you personally when you just hear the phrase, hey, man, today we're going to dive into knowing the Father's heart? What does that mean to you, Mike? You know, I was. it's funny because I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I don't remember who, but when you look back through scripture the father's heart especially in the old testimony was just for for the people and constantly you hear the overtone of come home come back to me and um and and as a process or as a part of that is uh redemption i was sharing with a guy last night at uh at a recovery group about leviticus and how the last time i read leviticus i was i was just like feeling and, and experiencing redemption through that book. And, you know, it's just God calling us back to him. It's God, it's father, God calling us, uh, to closeness to him. And, and just, that's, that's all he wants is for us to just to come back and be his children. Right. So it seems so simple when, when you think about it in those terms, but yet, but yet there's so much stuff in our life that, that muddies that and, and makes that maybe more difficult than it should be. Well, that's right on, Mike. And so I'm thinking about how important would you say, if you were explaining this, like say to a a new Christian, how important would you say getting to know the Father's heart is? It's super important. And and I don't want to say that it's it's super difficult, but I think we make it more difficult than it should be um, a lot of times because we have a muddied or a we have this image of a father based on our own father experience in, in real life. And, you know, from our, our own father or lack of father or these father figures in our life that have, they're fallible, you know, they're messed up. They're, they're sinners. They're, um, they're not perfect. Right. So that, that is, that that's where we come at from a standpoint of when we look at a father, we think about a father, we, we all automatically think of, or put the experience of our human fathers in the place of God. And so it's really good for us to reset that and find out who Father God is to us and what he wants from us, how he thinks about us, how he reacts toward us. And it's probably the most important thing you can do as a, as a new Christian is find out who the Father is. Yeah, because many misconceptions, Mike, are that because of our relationship with our earthly fathers or others in authority even, other parents, other people in relationship with, it's always works-based. It's always conditional. Like, so, hey, my dad is really proud of me when I win, or my dad is really proud of me when I clean my room or whatever. And that really, like you're saying, skews our viewpoint of the Father in heaven. And that word redemption, Mike, that you talked about, man, that is it. So can you speak a little bit more about that? Because I think that's the key. Yeah, so... I'll I'll just say that like personally, my father. I had a great dad. I had a, I had a great father, but he missed some things. You know, there was there was things in, that he just missed in growing me up and raising me up. And it's not necessarily any fault of his own. So so it's it's not me blaming him, but 
I can look beyond that experience now and say, okay, so what did I miss? And how can I fill in the blanks that he missed? And the only way to do that is, is to seek out the father, uh, father God. So that is redeeming in itself because, you know, we know now is maybe as mature Christians is that we were bought and our our lives were paid for, you know, and, and it's like, you know, God's holding the receipt and say, Hey, all I want is what I paid for. All I want is, is you to just come and be and to experience that fully, you know? And so I think we we do make it harder than, than it should be. Probably. We we probably think a lot about, (laughs) about it more than what we should, but, um, there, there's a there's a scripture that that came to mind actually last night. This is really awesome, but in in how I kind of had been reacting to um, redemption and and how um, the Father speaks to me and how maybe I can um, relate back to Him mm. as far as the as far as the unredeemed. Okay, so um, James, you know I love James, right? Oh yeah. So James chapter one. <laughs> James chapter one says uh, the pure, pure and undefiled religion before God and the father is this to visit the orphan orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So that sounds like a lot of doing and a lot of action, I guess. But, right. you know, when I think about orphans and widows in the world, obviously we have orphans and widows living amongst us all the time. But when it comes down to a relationship to the father, God, those outside of the faith, those that haven't given themselves over to Christ are orphans and they're widows. And, you know, my responsibility as a follower of Christ is to be active in the redemption of those people, you know, because I've been redeemed. Amen. Right. And, and so one of, one of the, simple yet really hard ways to do that is keeping oneself unspotted from the world. <laughs> you know, these people watch us work, they watch us act, they watch us do life. And even though we don't do it perfectly, the ones that are seeking something different, the ones that are notice something's missing from their life, see something in our lives that's different. And so they become intrigued. And, you know, I think it's important to realize that not just in our own lives but in the lives of people that are around us that don't um that don't have god yet that don't have jesus in their life that makes sense that makes perfect sense and you know what i was thinking about mike as i was thinking about what happens when our experience with our earthly father for example like what happens when we realize it wasn't perfect Because we have a couple options at that point. We can say, well, hey, you know what? I'm just messed up, and it's my dad's fault. That is one option, right? But there's another option that says, well, you know what? Hey, I can get through this now because I can learn from my heavenly father and then take those experiences that I'm learning that ways that we should be connected and help to teach others. And that's really what it's all about, Mike, because it it really hits on the discipleship piece as well. And that's where your heart's going, and it doesn't surprise me. But think about that, Mike. You had a choice. You had an option of how to walk from that point, right? Yeah, you can either blame people, the people that raised you or didn't raise you, whatever the case may be. Or you can say, okay, it's a a grown-up here. I have a a decision to make, and I can— since grace has been offered to me, mm. since mercy has been given to me, shouldn't I just respond to my life 
um, with that grace, with that mercy, and cut those sinners that raised me or didn't raise me some slack. <laughs> there you right? go, right? And and just move on and move on then in the Father's love because because that is where we we learn to grow up and we learn to we learn who we are. We learn who what our identity is because our identity isn't necessarily. Are, I mean, our parents can point us, point us in the right direction, but there's so many out there that don't even have a direction. They're just floundering in life because there is no direction given to them because their parents didn't have a direction. And so what a better place to find your identity than the one who created you, which there is you Father go. God. That's so good. And I'm just thinking about you won't go anywhere, right, if you just tread water in the cesspool of what coulda, shoulda, have been right yeah but man you won't Absolutely. be swimming and free until you are swimming toward the father and to me mike when i hear you saying this i hear you like man you won't get anywhere unless you know the father's heart and man he's yeah. like you're saying he's calling you he's calling you yeah. back you know come back home and that piece of it yeah. and so Talk about, Mike, if you can, just the drawing of the Father back to himself, because I think that is a key element that we miss a lot of times. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the doing, um, the busyness of life, the busyness of family, work, responsibilities, even church. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in all these responsibilities and commitments and stuff like that. And we forget often, I think, and, and I'm guilty of this, right? Is that my main thing, my one thing in in life without getting super preachy or, or getting off the subject is my one thing should be just seeking out the Father. My one thing should be just, hey, Daddy, what, what can I learn today from you? And, and how can I tweak my character today? Um, based on the conversation that I have from you, based on what I read about you, what, what I experience either through scripture or prayer or, or even uh, other brothers and sisters, what can I learn from you that is going to make me more like how you've created me to be, you know? And I think we forget about that just because of the business of life and the uh, maybe a routine even it's just, Sometimes we just need to stop and just be with God, you know, just be still and know, you know, the scripture tells us, be still and know that I'm God. And, and sometimes that's just got to be good enough. I just need to quit yeah. all my busyness, quit all my thinking and quit all my um, strife and just, and just be in his presence yeah. and, and, and be loved. Ooh, you know? and that's good. That is, it sounds simple, but it's really hard to sit down and just do it, right? Right, right. Let him love on you. And I'm reminded of Cain's response to God, like, what am I, my brother's keeper? And so what's interesting is it goes back to loving God and loving your neighbor. And Mike, I've watched you over the years do this, love on people, love on the fatherless in all kinds yeah. of different, you know what I'm saying, all kinds of different scenarios. But Mike, I've seen you step in and have to be a father to lots of different people. And so the only way I think, Mike, is that you're able to do that, or I'm able to do that, any of us are able to do that, is to know the heart of our Heavenly Father. 
And without yeah. knowing his character, without knowing his love, without knowing his grace, we got nothing to give. And man, if what I hear you saying, if you don't take the time to get to know that and snuggle up against daddy, man, you ain't got anything to offer. Yeah. Yeah. No, some of the most stressful situations or difficult situations we can be in is with our own family, you know, and, and certainly I've messed up a lot in my own life with my own family. And that's probably the most challenging discipleship that I face right now is with my adult children. Right. But they, they're seeing this, right. And, and God, God is so good because he brings things full circle. You know, when you become obedient, he, he patches things up just like he did with Joel and their Job. And like he gives you things back that you that you totally threw in the trash heap, you know, and it's when you quit trying to be a worldly father and start trying to react to people and love people like God loves you. It's incredible to watch him work in other people's lives, you know, yeah. no matter how bad things are, no matter how screwed up things are in their life. When when um, you start loving people like, you know, God loves you. Um, it's, it's, it's really just, it's almost like, it's, it's like, uh, it's like light speed things happening. Um, he just, he just starts removing stuff from them and, and building them and growing them. And it's fun to watch. It's amazing to watch. And it's, it's humbling to watch, you know? Yeah. So Mike, one, one last question. So somebody's out there listening right now and here's what they're thinking. Well, you know what? I'm a believer right i'm a, i'm a follower of christ i'm a dad and i have veered off so far of this that like god is probably done with me because i should have known better but i'm finding myself right now completely guilty and like i don't even know if i understand the love of the father right now because i've been such a bad example of that and feeling hopeless mike what would you say to those people actually right now hearing that my mind goes back to scripture on this and uh, automatically goes to Micah chapter six, verse eight. Okay. And paraphrasing that it says, um, what is required of you? Okay. What is required of you? Oh man. Or what is, what is good? What should you be doing? And what does the Lord require from you? And it's this, it's to do justice, to love mercy, love justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. You know, humility is a great place to start because if we can remember that we are not in charge and that God ultimately has a plan for us, and what we have to do is is love, love justice, love what is right, love mercy. Mercy has been given to us, right? The, the other part of the mercy been given to us is to walk out justice in our life is to see that through and to make things right in our life that have been wrong before. And so as a father, mercy has been granted to me, right? Wow, Grace yeah. has been given to me. And so as, as I recognize that and as I see that, the next right thing to do is make, make that right, is bring justice to my life and to start changing those things that were wrong and that I deserve punishment or I deserve the bad that has come to me, maybe whatever. So God has given me mercy. My response, I love that mercy, right? I I love getting, I love the experience of grace, but I also have to love because of that mercy and grace. I also have to love 
justice. I have to love what is right and start to perform that and, and make that a reality, make that a fruit in my life. Right. And so I constantly have to go back before the father and say, humbly, you know, I have to act humbly and say, because of your mercy, what do I have to write in my life? What do I have to, what righteousness in my life do I have to enact next, you know? Right. And so it's, it's a constant process. It's a constant process. But, but the beauty of that is, I can tell you this with my own kids, man, is that they see that, they see a change. And to see my, see my kids respond to that is, is amazing. So there you go. And like you said, <laughs> in the opening of this whole conversation, Mike, you said, and the father is just waiting for us to come home. And so it's not like he doesn't speak to you. Like when you humble yourself and you come back and you return and he doesn't go, Oh, isn't this like number 7,000? Like yeah, it's yeah. never, it's never like that. It's never condemning. Right. It's always right. like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the prodigal, you know, he comes, he comes running, running to you and he doesn't want to hear your apology or your excuse or what you're going to do. He, he wants to just see your face. He wow. wants you to come back. That's so good right? right there. Yeah. I love that. He wants to see your face because what do we do when we mess up? Same thing as Adam and Eve did. We hide. Yeah. Right. And that's why I yeah. love how you describe that. He wants to see your face. Just like what yeah. we want for our child or grandchild. Like if they mess up, like they're, cowering down in fear, hiding, whatever. But no, we want to see their face. And it's interesting, Mike, because I think about this, like when you when you have a little kid or a little grandkid and they mess up and they're like, no, they try to hide. And the only thing you want to do is kiss their face. That's right, the only thing right. you want to do. You want to make it better. You want to kiss their face and really think about that. And uh, I'm just reminded of the scripture. It says, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to his yeah. children? And I'm just like, see, that is the heart of the Father. And that is what we have to realize that we have to stop running. We have to stop hiding. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you've messed up the 10th time or the 10,000th time, but the heart of the father is the heart of redemption. Like you said, and man, that yeah. is key. And so I think we have to be still and kind of linger in that piece for a minute. Right, Mike? Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, even though those, those things can be painful and less than pleasant, it's good to go through them because when you experience them in the father's presence, it's, it's like salve, you know, it's Ooh. salve coating a wound. And Amen. sometimes we just have to stop and let that process happen and right. just trust that he's fixing it, right? Amen. Amen. Because he is really, right? We've just seen it yeah. too many yeah. times, right? And somehow it's all by faith because sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel it and sometimes right. you don't. Right. That's another part of it too, Mike. And so like you described earlier, it's just watching the hand of God move in the hearts of those who are hearing. And so, man, this is a deep, deep subject. And this is why we're taking a few weeks to kind of uncover this, unpeel the layers of the onion, so to speak, because it's so deep, but it's so real. And it really comes from that relationship with our Father everything else in life. Love comes from God, right? Forgiveness, like understanding him, understanding his heart 
teaches us and shapes us how to live. Right. Super appreciative, Mike, of you jumping on with us today uh, in your busy time and carving this out for us to hear. But I think for the listeners today, I think the key is that when we mess up, the Father is wanting restoration. He's wanting redemption. Yeah. He wants reconciliation. Whatever, whatever R word you want to throw on that is what the Father is seeking for us and through us, too. And I love the piece about how to share that with other people and how to father other people who are not understanding the Father's heart. So, Mike, thanks for joining us again today. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.